Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to Football in General. It's Rob Case. And Trevor Koppel. Trevor, make sure the ref touches the ball before you leave the podcast today, please. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. It's it's all it's a it's definitely a lesson you would have learned in Pop Warner, and it's something you shouldn't forget. I don't know anybody that suffered from that fate over the weekend. Do you? No, no. Um, gosh, that was that was such a anticlimactic finish to uh, to a game that you know started as a blowout, and then you know the Cowboys did just enough to make you think maybe it wasn't over, and then they get the ball back down seven. And uh, to not get one more playoff, uh, it just—I mean that—that that was, I mean that—that's—that's that's the Cowboys recently in a nutshell, right there. That, that's just—it's—I I hate to say it, but that's very typical of how their how their seasons end. Yeah, and you had to figure like, or if you're looking at it from like a macro point of view, from top down, like is it um, is it culture related, Jerry Jones? Well, I won't say anything about Jerry Jones. He's probably could sue us in ten seconds. So, um, <laughs> is it? Is, do you think it's it's more or less like the coaching? Is it on Mike McCarthy? I mean, it has to be on him somewhat, right? I mean, he's oh, kind of a big I fat mean, loser. He's <laughs> so, <laughs> he he definitely uh, needs to take some of the responsibility there. But it's uh, it's a real head scratcher, uh, you know, as to what what is the you know what's 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 not right with the Dallas Cowboys? It's it's not talent or ability or, or any of those things. They they put them they they win enough games to put them in a good position in the postseason, and then to to get blown out in the first half the way they were with a ton of penalties, a ton of pre-snap penalties. Um, it's it's like how how were you that? mentally unprepared for what you were supposed to do that day. It it just does not make sense. Yeah, and and, and I think you hit the nail on the head, um, just not mentally prepared. Um, it goes right back to coaching. I mean, it's it's which is ironic because if you're listening to the broadcast for the weekend, uh, who was doing it? And I can't remember their names. It, it wasn't Troy Aikman or uh, Joe Buck. It was somebody else for the Fox crew. We kept mentioning that Dan Quinn – and Kellen Moore have an opportunity of becoming NFL head coaches. After right. that performance? And, like, what universe would you give these guys an NFL head coaching job? And Dan Quinn did nothing in Jacksonville outside of an AFC championship game. Uh, or was was he in Atlanta? I always get those two. Atlanta, no. He was in Atlanta, I see. 28-3. to 3. Okay, bringing that yeah, back. Yeah, I was going to say, he, so, he's, he's going to go down in history books unless unless he starts to accomplish a lot. That's... That's what he'll be remembered for is the worst Super Bowl performance ever. <laughs> yes, yes, right. And so it's easy to tack on as much hate as we want to, or shade, <laughs> on the Cowboys here because they're just an easy target, and they have been for just like 26 years. I don't think they've won a playoff game in a long time. No, in a long and, time. And really, okay. you know, the, those two guys are getting talked a lot about for a lot of head coaching positions. Um, and And that really tells you all – all that I need to know about the uh, search for head coaches right now. And that's that there's, there's, in my opinion, there's nobody to get excited about. Not even uh, Brian it, Flores? I think he would be I a mean, good candidate. He'd be the or one. Like, uh, or um, the guy in uh, Brian Dayball in Buffalo. He's done with Josh Allen last two years. I just don't know. There's, okay. there's very, 
Very <laughs> little. What's that? Is he not young enough? He's not. He's not like chiseled like Sean McVay. He doesn't stand on the sidelines. He's up in a booth. Yeah, you, you know, know his eyes don't sparkle the way I need them to. I see. Um, no, it's just there's 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 just what there's still seven teams I lose count that are looking for head coaches right now. So it's just there's not a lot of optimism uh, for me, and I don't think there's a lot of optimism out there for a lot of fans whose teams yeah, think- are looking for new head coaches because there is no, you know, it just. I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not excited about these head coaching candidates. Dan Quinn was one of the more exciting ones, and then after that game, it's like, wow, uh, not so much. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. Although 23 to 17, um, you know, certainly San Francisco kind of folded in the second half, and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo took a took a Garoppolo in his pants. Um, I thought his interception. On the the sideline, going up, uh, what was it, um, north end zone there? Uh, boy, oh boy, like right over where the intended receiver was, just a really ugly interception. Typical Jimmy Garoppolo in the second half of a big game. I mean, see Super Bowl, whatever it would have been, fifty three, whatever that was, a couple of year, years ago against Kansas City. Right. So, um, any any uh, thoughts on the wild card weekend? Uh, and before you say yours, I just want to say I thought it was an abysmal football weekend. In fact, I, I think. It, the the seven two matchups and the three sixes I, I was it was ugly it was extremely ugly and I think it just as much as we like more playoff football and gives more stakes to a lot of things it further proved the unnecessary uh, need and or just existence <laughs> of us like another wild card game I mean right it, well and that's that's kind of the thing it, there's two ways to look at it you know um, one is that these these seven seeds playing the two seeds they were they were not great games um but uh the uh you know these two seeds would normally have a bye week so they just wouldn't play in this this you know in the wild card round so it's it's an extra game and you know this is our second year with the seventh seed yeah yeah yeah. So, yep. you know, Super Wild Card Weekend, second year. You you've got to think that <laughs> that uh, you know, one of these years you'll get a 7 seed that actually goes on a run and makes it to the Super Bowl. And that'll be really special. That'll be a really cool thing to see. Um but most of the time these 7 seeds are just going to get knocked out. Yeah. Um just going to get clobbered. And I feel I feel like, you know, a lot of a lot of people were not happy a few years ago when the winner of the NFC East had a losing record. You know, oh, my team is so much better. Why aren't we in the playoffs instead of this losing record division winner? Um, And that's not going to happen most years. Mm. But uh, the, the truth is, is. Having two wild card teams per conference is already a bit of a luxury for you know teams that didn't win their division but deserve a shot. Um, Do they? Because because basically that the way I see it is if you if you can't win your division if you can't be the best out of four teams you got nothing to cry about. You know if you get in as a wild card yeah you do have a shot 
But if you don't get in, you you if you didn't win your division, that that's what you that's the guaranteed route to postseason success. Is it starts by winning your division. Right. Uh, so whether we have two wild card teams from each conference or three, um, it doesn't really change what I think should be the mindset towards going after a championship. It starts with winning your division. Yeah, no um, question about that. That's so. So, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is I did have fun watching two extra games this last weekend, even though they were not competitive games. Right, right. Uh, let me ask you this. Did you watch the Nickelodeon? <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't. I caught some, I caught some clips of it. Looks pretty fun, but no, I don't, uh, I don't think I have Nickelodeon in my streaming fun. package. Dude, if you were colorblind, <laughs> it would be a nightmare. There was just like <laughs> there was just neon slime all over the place. In fact, I think when the the Cowboys lost, they just dumped slime over the field, like three D slime. You know, that's as awesome. A, as a symbolism of a losing team, it was. C- uh, I, don't, CGI, I don't know if awesome is the right CGI word. CGI slime. CGI. Yeah, CGI slime. I don't know if awesome is the right word. It was just you know, and you couldn't tell if the field goal was made because SpongeBob's face would be like kind of frowning, and then it would be smiling when he when he when the the. The ball went through the uprights. I mean, it was just, it was ugly. I'm not really sure who's producing it or who's coming up with the ideas. Probably children. (laughs) (laughs) If that's the case, I can't hate on them. I mean, they don't know what's best for for football. But if it was me, (laughs) I wouldn't air it on it Nickelodeon, okay? They don't need, like, they just watch the game with the old man. He'll explain it to you. You don't need Dave Wilson up there in the booth, you know, and all that stuff. So. Well, and I mean that. I mean, speaking for myself, that was part of the fun watching NFL games at a really early age. Was it, it wasn't something that you just did with with your peers? If if you were six years old and watching NFL games, you were doing it with adults, uh, which was part of the fun. Was like you, you you had a sense of camaraderie with the adults because you rooted for the team they were rooting for, and right, right, and you got excited when they got excited. Right. Um, right. Yeah. You get some Domino's pizza. They cut the crust off for you. You know, the whole, the whole nine <laughs> yards. <laughs> so that's all you need, man. That's all you need. So uh, with that being said, do you want to talk more playoffs? You got anything else to say about the wild card weekend? I thought it was ugly. I mean, I'm I'm ready to move on. Let's okay. let's talk about these matchups we got left. There's, there's some good ones to get into. Only four matchups this week, folks. And, uh, you know... I think they're all going to be pretty good, pretty good games for the most part. High scoring, I think, for the most part. What do you think? Before we start talking about, yeah, I so I do think they'll be high scoring. Um, you never know with a uh, Packers home game, right? Um, was it supposed to be twelve degrees and cloudy? Hey, 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 don't don't ruin the preview. I, that's my job. Uh, oh, so, oh, okay, right. Any, yeah, don't anyhow, step on my toes. Anyhow, if if there was a game that might not be so high scoring, I, I might say that one. But uh, okay, but yeah, pretty exciting stuff here. I tell you, first game of division. What do you? I always call it division card weekend. It's divisional round weekend here in the NFL. Um, <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals at the Tennessee Titans, three and a half point favorite to Tennessee. Over under forty seven and a half. King Henry back on his throne, and the Cincinnati Bengals coming off a close game against uh, Vegas. Uh, I think if you ask me about that game uh, objectively, I would say Cincinnati's first playoff game in a while. Joe Burrow's first big game since the national championship. Thought he looked really cool and calm. Um, thought the team was a little schizophrenic for the most part, whatever that means. 
Um, I think they're going to play a little bit better in Tennessee on the road. 36-degree weather. They're only traveling a little far down into Nashville. It's not that far from Cincinnati, if you're familiar with geography. If you're not, you're (laughs) Nimrod. So, um, so nonetheless, what do you think is going to happen in this game, Trev? Big Trev. So, this... This is a tough one to predict for one reason, and that's uh, Derrick Henry coming back. Uh, we just You just never know, especially with uh, a skill position like this, running backs, they come back from injury, are they going to be the same? Uh, I, I'm optimistic that, that Derrick Henry will be his old self, uh, or, or will eventually, you know, he might not be able to play four quarters this week. I, I just don't know yet. Um, but, uh, to me, that's, that's the biggest thing to, uh, to worry about for the Bengals is how much Derrick Henry are they really going to have to deal with? And if he gets going, it means points and time of possession. Um, so that that is the the main key to success for the Bengals. Um, yeah, that I mean we we've talked about it on this podcast before. That's that's how the Titans find success in the passing game is forcing man coverage with Derrick Henry. Right. Um, and then you know when you have guys like uh, AJ Brown and Julio Jones, like it's just you, you can't put your best corner on both of them uh and let alone a corner and a safety when when you're trying to deal with derrick henry so it uh it becomes a real matchup problem so derrick henry being back is really good news for the titans but uh you know none of us we're only speculating how healthy he is how ready he is uh we'll find out on saturday yeah, and, and <clears throat> excuse me, that's the, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. The variable that's most important here is what is, what is his health? You know, um, <laughs> sure, he's back on his throne. Was the throne cracked? Is he missing his <laughs> scepter? Is the, what, did somebody steal the crown? We'll find out um, on Saturday. That's the, I think, the fun part about it. I mean, if you, if you look at Cincinnati, um, 2021, 102.5 yards, rushing yards allowed per game. That's seventh best in the NFL. But in the last three games they've played, they've allowed 160 yards on the ground per game. I think that's important to point out because, obviously, one, it's later in the season. Two, you know, the defensive line's more beat up. Three, I don't think Cincinnati has a, that great of a defense to begin with. So, I mean, if you look at that. I agree. If you look at the Vegas game last week, um, you know, just pulling out some stats here. 13 carries, 83 yards for Josh Jacobs. That, you know, that's, what, like five or six yards a carry? Uh, Derek Carr, 29-54, 310. So over 400 yards allowed. Uh, I mean, Tennessee's coming off a bye week. They got A.J. Brown. They got Julio Jones back. They got Derrick Henry. Even if Derrick Henry is at half speed, I I still like Tennessee in this game. Even if both defenses are basically the same and they're, like, decent on paper and or okay, um, I don't think either of them will perform that well. And I think, what, this is a 47.5. That's an over for me. And, um... I like I kind of like Tennessee here. I think the coaching is just the, there's too much of a too much of a um, advantage for Tennessee with Mike Vrabel and the coaching um, as opposed to Zach Taylor in Cincinnati. And so, well, and um, that that yeah. I think would be the second biggest determining factor is uh, the experience that Vrabel is bringing into this postseason. Um, yeah, 
and and I'm not even going to stack his experience up against uh, against the Bengals coach Zach. Uh, it's more about Vrabel versus Burrow, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good point. And yeah, I agree. I think I'm going to take the over here. Um, the Bengals' only chance is to outscore the Titans, um, right? Which which is not unimaginable, but to be in that position, and I think that they'll be in that position the entire game. Um, it's it's a lot to ask, especially in the playoffs where it only takes one loss and you're done. To to have to to be that aggressive on offense and not make a mistake. Um, I think this game could come down to one Bengals turnover, and that might be what allows Tennessee to win by a touchdown. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Tennessee to cover the spread. I'm definitely taking the over. Yeah, it's a good point. I, you know, I didn't think about their aggressiveness, but certainly Cincinnati likes to play downfield a lot with Jamar Chase, right? Nine catches, 116 yards in the last last week against uh, Vegas, certainly, like, they'll take more shots, um, a little more opportunistic in the secondary, and I think Vrabel's just going to come up with a better game plan. To, not to, like, I'm not saying they'll limit Jamar Chase. He'll get his, right, as, as all oh, receivers yeah. generally do. I just think that even, despite them having a, a weak secondary, I, it's kind of like the Belichick sort of, uh, not that he's Belichick-esque, but he played for Belichick, and I think he's got a similar right. system. The Patriots, like, next man up, do your job cover the places that you need to cover, and they'll probably double, double Jamar Chase and let T. Higgins or um, somebody else beat him in Cincinnati. I think that's it. That's all you need to do. Well, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that, that it, it's not hard for me to imagine that that this is the divisional round for Joe Burrow, and he, he's you know got a win, and he just forced the ball downfield right. one time when you shouldn't, and that, right. that could that, be game. That's yeah. that's a great point. I, and Tennessee does take care of the ball really well outside of Tannehill. 16 touchdowns, 14 interceptions this year. I uh, don't like that stat line. Uh, I just don't think they'll throw a lot. <laughs> and if they do, I think it'll be quick screens and things to get Chidobia Wuzier and Mike Hilton and some of those guys. Uh, Collins, uh, what is his name, Logan, right? The middle linebacker there. Um, right. right? And off, off kilter and Trey Hendrickson. That's a tough word for me to say. I'm not sure why. And, um, you know, get that defensive line off kilter a little bit, and they'll free up some space for Derrick Henry. And I think, yeah, it's an over, and I'm taking Tennessee as well. So do you take Tennessee to cover three and a half? Or to I, I, half? I did take Tennessee okay. to cover. Um, I, I think there's going to be a lot of touchdowns in this game. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and I, I, I think it's going to come down to, you know, a, a final uh, score. But I, I think that'll be a go-ahead touchdown for the Titans to win this. Very good. All right. I like the. I like your analysis. I'm taking it, Trev. And generally, I, I'm I'm guilty of just kind of moving on after I take your advice. But in this <laughs> case, I provide my own too, folks. You can't tell me I didn't do that. Moving on, we're going to talk about San Francisco 49ers at the Green Bay Packers. Um, yeah, six five and a half point favorite to Green Bay over under 47. Um, you know, San Francisco's got a lot of momentum. Certainly, a team I thought I think in DVOA, which is like some uh, nerd analytic <laughs> i don't completely understand but nonetheless <laughs> um they were like top five i think in both offense and defense so a kind of a surprising team at 10-7 um but they beat dallas granted it was kind of weird the way it happened dallas kind of beat themselves yeah they have to travel across the country new two time zones go up to green bay playing 12 degree weather at night it's not going to be an easy game for san francisco 
No, it it really isn't. And if they're gonna if they're gonna win this game, they got to take control of it, playing football their way, and that's gonna be uh, you know a really dominant run game on offense and really getting after the quarterback on defense. Um, but it's it's possible. I actually think that this is a really uh, really good matchup between these two teams. The 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 Packers. You know, thirteen and four, eight and zero at home this year. Um, you know, just really hard to beat them at home this time of year. Uh, but the Forty ers seem to have the Packers number the last few years. Um, was it two years ago that they just absolutely beat the doors off of them in 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 San Francisco? Uh, um, you're talking about yeah, they they beat Green Bay. Yes, yes yeah. On the road. Yeah, because it's the, the the typical Aaron Rodgers, I can't play in big games sort of game. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you remember so, correctly, so this will yeah. be this will be, you know, there's uh, of course it's the divisional round of the playoffs, so it, it goes without saying that there's a lot on the line here. Um, but there's a little bit of of uh, you know recent you know bad blood rivalry, whatever you want to call it. There's there's some uh, there's some real friction between these two teams they they seem to know each other pretty well and i just i don't think that the packers are going to have the dominant win that a lot of people think uh is going to happen and i'm not trying to throw shade at aaron Rodgers. aaron Rodgers is the reason that the packers are favored in this game even with their home field advantage you take away Rodgers, and they they really don't stand a chance um so that really is the key to success the way i see it the 49ers have to pressure Rodgers all the time um and even then i i just you know i i hate to admit it our listeners would know that that i don't like saying this but at the end of the day even in a coin flip situation it's gonna flip Rodgers' way it just it i i think it will i think uh you know they could be down seven with I don't know 14 seconds left on the clock, not quite in hail mary range, and I just think uh, Rogers is going to make something happen where uh, you know that team from Texas couldn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, the, the the team you can't you can't name or can't mention. Sorry, sorry. Did I? Uh, oh, was I not being clear? Dak <laughs> yeah. Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys really screwed that game up. Houston um, didn't. Houston didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> but uh, I, I Adam, think everybody Adam knows. I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. You put the Packers in that same situation, and it's it's like it, it's a liability that Rodgers is going to do what Rodgers does, and and advance them to the uh, conference championship. So, as much as I'll be rooting for the 49ers on game day, I got to put my money on the Packers to win this one. I'm going to take the 49ers to cover the spread. And I, I'm gonna. Man, the, this over under is tough. I'm taking the under on this one. Mm. Twelve degree weather, yeah. I, you know, I, I have to take an under two on this guy just because of the weather. I also think they're both gonna run the ball quite a bit. But yeah, I um, think yeah. I think we'll see the ball ran a lot. I think we'll see a lot of punting, a lot of uh, battling over field position. Here's something that if you're watching the Washington Redskins, you should probably be sick to your stomach. So I don't know if you knew this, but they had Kyle Shanahan, Matt Lafleur, and Sean McVay on on the coaching staff at one point. I saw that. So I mean, I had to have it pointed out to me. But but that is just crazy. 
Yeah, how crazy is that? So, um, now that we've buried a couple teams here in <laughs> this episode of football in general, um, I'm going to take, yeah, I, I'm going to go with a lot of your analysis here in Green Bay, and, and here's the thing, right? Um, Fred Warner, Jimmy Garoppolo, Nick Bosa might not play. There's just a lot of injuries I think San Francisco is suffering through, and generally they're a pretty soft team. Yeah, I said it like you guys all wanted me to, soft. So um, I, I'm I'm gonna think you know between Aaron Jones and um, AJ Dillon, I kind of like that one-two punch. Although I like Elijah Mitchell is just a hell of a running back too, and there's San Francisco. Here's the stat I'm gonna throw at you here: San Francisco last three games have allowed seven seventy-five and a half rushing yards, seventy-five and one half rushing yards. Green Bay wow. at a buck fifteen. So if you're gonna make me put a gun in my head and make me pick a running game. That might be better than one. I'll, I'll probably take, in this case, the matchup, I'd probably take San Francisco just because I think they're more stout. You know, I mean, they got Eric Armstead, Fred Warner, right? Embry Thomas. They got Jimmy Ward playing in the box. Um, whereas Green Bay, you know, have, they have more weapons. But I, I think this is going to come down to who's got the better running game in, the, in, in this game. But Aaron Rodgers is, is a variable you can't forget about. Um, I think he'll make some plays razzle-dazzle a little last second. And, and it's going to be a tough game for San Francisco traveling across the country. They did it last week, but they also played Dallas in a dome. Um, earlier this season, Barnburner, 30-28, Green Bay won by two points. Um, it came down to literally uh, a Green Bay touchdown at the end. So I like it. I like the under, and I think this it's going to end the same way with um, Aaron Rodgers sort of playing uh, Superman and and uh, winning the game because I think San Francisco is a lot better than we give credit for on paper, you know. Oh sure, uh, and, and I, I mean Debo I Samuel like... has emerged as as one of the top skill players in the league, right? Um, so I think I think they'll find a way to uh, to get him in space and, and that'll you know keep him alive in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, something I want to mention though, because I, I think it's just noteworthy and and a little bit I don't know maybe. Poetic, uh, Randall Cobb uh, activated off of IR. He's gonna, hmm. you know, expected to play this week. Uh, Interesting. So okay. Randall Cobb back in the receiving core. Um, I, I'm not trying to tell anyone that he's a top tier wide receiver or that or that he's you know one more thing that that the 49ers really have to look out for. Mm-hmm. But the 49ers have to look out for this guy. Um, he's <laughs> He he is what he is, and what he is is clutch, and he's got chemistry with Aaron Rodgers that goes way back to I don't know when they did win the Super Bowl. Um, so it, it to me it just it's one more little piece falling into place that goes uh, in favor of the Packers. So you know it, 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 even if it's just you know a clutch first down. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Randall Cobb could be uh, a difference maker in this matchup. It's a good call. Now, honestly, having that rapport with Aaron Rodgers, <clears throat> that clutch touchdown I was just talking about, there it is. <laughs> yep. The red zone right there for, for Randall Cobb. Now, anything, he's been really good with Aaron Rodgers over the years. And I think he's had a couple of clutch touchdowns. He, didn't he have one? Um, i trying to remember. I don't remember what year. <laughs> But some NFC divisional playoff game or NFC championship game, right? Um, something like that. Uh, oh yeah. I don't remember what year exactly. Get back to me, listeners. You know, hit me up on Instagram. One of my <laughs> funny memes. Um, 
Okay, we both taking Green Bay. Uh, I like the under, and I think Green Bay will cover cover that. Yeah, for sure. So, moving on, our one o'clock game on Sunday, uh, L.A. Rams twelve. Uh, these records are kill me. L.A. Rams at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, three point favorite to Tampa. Over under forty eight. Got to be a tough game. We just talked about West Coast teams traveling, which you know is never really good for them. L.A.'s got to go all the way from L.A. and fly into Tampa. Um, once again, two time zones. I don't think the weather is really going to matter much, but I think that's kind of tough for uh, a West Coast team coming from one end to the other. Do I, Am I right in considering that as a variable here for this game? Oh, I think it definitely is. Uh, it, it's a variable. Um, I think it's one that, uh, you know, NFL teams, the players, they – they. Uh, they manage it as well as anybody can. You know, it's, it's not mm-hmm. like uh, it's not like they don't know what to expect when they have to travel for these kind of games. But it still is a factor. Right. Um, man, with with this, so this, it's safe to say this is the matchup I'm most excited about this week. Um, and I'm going to get right to the point. It's my opinion that in a, in a just world these two quarterbacks would already have faced each other in the Super Bowl maybe more than once. Mm. But we live in the real world where Detroit is never going to put a good team around a great quarterback. <laughs> um, so I'm excited to see these two teams face off. Um, you know, There's a lot of good, balanced teams in these eight remaining teams. I think the Rams are playing the most balanced football right now. Mm-hmm. Um, their defense is, is just lights out right now. The defensive line, oh my God, um, there's so much to deal with on that defensive line. And, uh, and yeah, I, I think this is going to be a really exciting game. Um, Tom Brady probably going to make me eat my words because he's Tom Brady, but I'm taking the Rams to upset this one. Um, wow. <clears throat> I, I. I know Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback to ever play the game, and 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 the Buccaneers are a very well-rounded team. Um, I mean, it, this this might be the best matchup of the entire postseason. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about this one, and I think uh, I think the winner of this game is going to be my favorite to move on to the Super Bowl. But you never know what changes week to week. But yeah, I think uh, I'm going to take the Rams to upset. Definitely taking the over on this one. Right. Uh, I think it's going to be a very high-scoring game. Mm-hmm. Uh, even with these great defenses, uh, it may be the defenses that do a good bit of the scoring. Um, we, we certainly saw that with the Rams last week. And, and you know the Buccaneers have some playmakers in their secondary that can you know, take it to the house as well. So, uh, so yeah, this, this game has me really excited and I'm going to take the Rams to win. Hmm. It's a good call. And honestly, the way I look at it is, I, I'm, <clears throat> I like your, your point on the Rams win. Here's my prediction. If the Rams win, it's going to be because of two guys, Von Miller and Aaron Donald. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know? And you mentioned the defense is being able to step up and make some plays and possibly like a touchdown. If there is a deciding factor, that'll be it. I mean, look at it like this. Von Miller, 2015 AFC Championship game. Picked Tom Brady off. Sacked him twice. Everybody says, well, you can't get pressure on Brady on the edge. Well, Tristan Wirfs is injured. 
right? Hurt his ankle last week, came back in. Brady still got sacked five times last week. So, against Philly. <laughs> um, and so, I, I, think there's a, I think there's a recipe in terms of beating Brady this offseason. Excuse me, this, this playoff, these playoffs is get pressure on him on the sides because, ironically, even though he steps up into the pocket, his tackles, without Wirfs, um, Tristan Wirfs, which he may or not may not play. Even if he does, he won't be 100%. And you know how Bruce Arians kind of blew that last week. He's like, you're hurt. Go back in the game. You know, <laughs> like, I guess Antonio Brown wasn't wrong. But nonetheless, um, I, I don't hate this matchup for L.A. And, in fact, I think it's probably the, you know, in terms of a team having kryptonite against Tampa, I, I pick L.A. You know, uh, I mean, I think you got Jalen Ramsey. He'll lock down Mike Evans. They got Aaron Donald. If Brady steps up, he's going to get hit. You know, he might get a lot of pressure. I mean, we saw how that worked out in Super Bowl 50, what, two or three, whatever that was, uh, mm-hmm. against L.A. But nonetheless, didn't have Von Miller on the sides. They got Sharif Floyd on the other side. Uh, yeah, I, I actually kind of like the Rams here, I, you know, and, and going alongside of uh, running games, because I think this is a big point in, in offseason. I mean, excuse me, playoffs, I think we see it every year. The run, somebody in a running game, somebody gets hot every year. Every year it happens. You know, Sony Michelle a couple of years ago, Leonard Fournette last year, the year before that, it was um, the kid in Kansas City there. Um, and so I think, you know, the matchup actually kind of leads towards L.A. Tampa Bay's bang, banged up up front. Uh, Vita Vea is a really good player, but they just haven't been playing the same sort of defense, run defense-wise, that they have been the, the whole season. 92.7 yards allowed per game of the season. 120 in the last three. Uh, that's a red flag for me, man. I, I think... I, I want to take Tampa because I legitimately think that they're the better team. And it's Brady, and you really can't go – you can't bet against him. You know, he's made 17 divisional rounds in his 22 seasons. Whoa. 17. And he was hurt one year. Yeah, well, uh, hopefully <laughs> – So, hopefully, so uh, 17. Yeah. So, I hope our listeners have been soaking up all the Tom Brady postseason fun stats – that I have, there, there's some ridiculous ones out there. Ridiculous, you know. ridiculous. Uh, last week's wild card round, uh, Tom Brady had more postseason wins than all the other starting quarterbacks combined. In the playoffs, um, yeah, yeah, it just just crazy, ridiculous. So, with all that being said, and we're all we're all just you know lapping Brady right now, you know, or <laughs> just taking a nice lap with him. Um, I'm going to pick L.A. as an upset here. I, I just, you know, I, something, anytime these injuries kind of accumulate for any team going into the postseason, it, it's just hard. It's just going to be hard. It's going to be hard for Brady. Um, I'll say that, and then he'll throw like five touchdowns because you heard me. If you're listening, Tom, love you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'm also waiting for episode 10 of Men in the Arena, but I know that's not your fault, but, you know, nonetheless, i got to take it on somebody. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I'll take L.A. Um, I think it'll be close, and I'll take an over. Um, I just think it's Tampa. I, I mean, is there a home field advantage in Tampa? You know, I I mean, there's got to be some home field advantage with. Uh, I mean, you'd think you know, oh, we you know they they brought in Tom Brady, they won the Super Bowl. You you would hope that the that the local fan base is just going insane this year in the postseason. Right. Um, but uh, 
but it's not like they're cold or have a, a historically loud stadium or anything like that. Um, so I think uh, I think the Rams have a real chance here, and I'm with you. I think the Rams uh, squeak past the Buccaneers, and uh, and what happens next? We'll have to, you know, have to tune in next week to hear what I think happens after All that. Right. <laughs> okay, our final game to an- an- analyze here: Buffalo, <clears throat> Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City one and a half point favorite, basically a push. It's your favorite game here, Trevor, because you don't like the lines when they get under three. <laughs> Over under fifty four. Um, listen, I. What can you say about Buffalo? Forty seven seventeen. Josh Allen basically played the most perfect game you can possibly play as a quarterback. They didn't punt. <laughs> seven touchdowns, seven possessions. Kansas no, City basically no. did the same thing to Pittsburgh. It's two teams coming off a lot of momentum and, and just two guys, man, we're going to watch play for basically the next 10 or 15 years. So get ready, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, no no punting, no field goals, just touchdowns at the end of seven drives. Crush, um, just a route. <laughs> An absolute yeah. route, a depancing, if you will, you know? So, so. yeah, I uh, – I know the Chiefs are playing at home, and Arrowhead Stadium is a home field advantage. Absolutely is. But uh, I got to take the Bills. Uh, We'll call it an upset because Kansas City's favored by one and a half. Um, But that's not much of an upset. I'm I'm taking the road team to win. Um, The Chiefs. The Chiefs are just a little too up and down, hot and cold right now. There's there's a little less of a of a set formula for success for them. And I think where they fall behind in this game is their defense. Um, and I, I know they've got a defense that, that typically, or, or at least in the last couple seasons, uh, really steps it up in the playoffs. Um, I think, I think most NFL players uh, find a gear that, that wasn't available during the regular season when they make it to these playoffs but I just don't think that's going to be enough uh, for the Chiefs to overcome in this game. Um, and and basically, I, I was talking to somebody about this today, um, and, and perhaps it just escaped my attention. But ever since, I, I, I can't think of a good example of the Chiefs coming from behind big in a big way since winning the Super Bowl since they had to come from behind to beat the 49ers. Mm. Um, and I'm not saying it just, it hasn't happened. I didn't look into it, but it, nothing really comes to mind. They either, they either get in control of the game and, and stay in the driver's seat or they could lose. Um, mm. I, I'm sure they've had some come from behind victory since then, but, but uh, typically they have to be in the driver's seat to close a game out. Uh, and I, I just, I don't know if they'll be able to get out uh, fast enough in front of these Bills to play their style of football uh, when, when we're in the second half of the game. Uh, if they're playing behind against the Bills, I, I just, I, I think that, uh, I think that the league kind of has the Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey formula figured out. And if they're playing from behind, it's it's not good for Kansas City. That's a good point. <clears throat> I think you could really only point back to one game recently 
Um, of course, they played the Bills earlier in the year, 38-20. to 20, They lost. So I guess if you want to take that for what it is, I mean, Kansas City was in such a flux then. I almost don't count that game against them. Too early in the season, you know. Right. Um, but if you were to, then you can point back to that game and say, well, Buffalo figured them out, you know. Buffalo yeah. has – Buffalo – well, if you look at it, they went to the draft this year. They drafted Gregory Rousseau, Jalen Phillips. They got – a lot of speed on that defense. They got two really good safeties. I think we've heard that enough over the last week because of what they did to New England. We got Matt Milano, one of the best all-pro linebacker, you know, short and fast. Um, got Ed Oliver, a really fast defensive tackle, can run down all these guys at the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, Levi Wallace is really fast. They just got a lot of fast guys. They're made to play the Chiefs. They're built to play the Chiefs. It's as simple as that. Their team is built to play Kansas City. You know, um, and go against Pat Mahomes and be matched up against that offense. So, I don't, I don't think it's, you know, I think it's a good call by calling Buffalo because, you know, granted it'll be a close game, but I think Buffalo just, you know, regardless of, <laughs> and people will say, you know, well Buffalo hasn't won anything, and you know, and certainly like, that's true. I just think they've been they've been around each other for three years. Of course, they got those two rookies on the defensive line. This is the type. Of, this is the time of the year where they start to make some impact. You know, um, kind of like Buffalo here. Yeah, you convinced me. I would never pick Buffalo in a game. <laughs> <laughs> so, granted my allegiance to New England Patriots, but I, I like Buffalo here. I think they're coming off a lot of momentum. I think they're matching up against Kansas City really well. It'll be a close game. I'll take what fifty-four. Holy crap! I'll take my oh boy, oh boy, thirty-eight degrees. I'll, I'll take an over. You know, weather doesn't matter in Kansas City, and it's Buffalo on the road. You know, who cares? <laughs> what do you? What's your prediction here, Trevor? You take Buffalo too? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm taking Buffalo. You know, like I said, we can we can call it an upset, but I don't really consider it one. It's not uh, yeah. with the spread being that close. So I'm going to take the Bills in this game. Um, this will be. This this. I feel like this game, maybe more than any of the others, really depends on game flow yeah. um, for, for all the reasons I discussed with the Chiefs earlier. Um, if, if the Chiefs can catch a couple of lucky breaks early and, and get out in front of the Bills, then they have a real chance to play their style of football, um, not become one-dimensional, always trying to force a miracle down the field to Tyreek Hill, and, uh, and they could absolutely uh, take control of this game. But my prediction is that the Bills are going to be too much for the Kansas City defense. I, I don't think they'll have a repeat performance where they score a touchdown on every possession. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but I think I think by halftime, the uh, the Chiefs are going to be looking for a way to get back in this game, and, and, and I, I don't like their chances. I think the Bills will win. Definitely. Um, yeah, I, I think you're, I think you hit the nail on the head. It'll definitely go by game flow. And, and I think if anything, you know, you, it, yeah, it's definitely true. The last game Kansas City really came back from was in the Super Bowl. And I'm trying to look uh, – sorry, two years ago. And I'm trying to look at some of their games here, and I don't really see much in terms of comeback or having to really play against adversity. In fact, when they've really – that game flow has been controlled. They've lost against Baltimore, L.A. Chargers, the Buffalo Bills, Tennessee, and Cincinnati. If you look at any of those games, it's exactly how the game plan you just mentioned was was controlled and how it was implemented by the opposite team, and Kansas City couldn't keep up. So, I think Josh Allen, uh, you know, definitely going to come to play. 
Uh, I think they're going to have a great game plan with the RPO. I don't see Kansas City being able to match up against all their weapons on offense. And I anticipate a couple touchdowns for Dawson Knox. And um, get ready, man. This isn't going to be the only time we talk about this game. I mean, they're so, going to be playing over and over again in the next couple the years. Other, you know? The other thing to remember, I think it was last year um, that the Chiefs knocked the Bills out of the playoffs. And right. Uh, if you if you didn't turn the TV off right away, you saw a all by himself Stefan Diggs watching mm. the other team celebrate, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you got to believe that these Bills, not just Stefan Diggs, but especially Stefan Diggs, is thinking about that right now all week. Um, this Bills team is hungry for revenge. Um, and I'm not saying that the, the Kansas City Chiefs aren't taking it seriously or lack motivation, but uh, I, I, I saw a photo of that uh, earlier in the week, and it really stuck with me because that was a very powerful image this time last year. Definitely, man. I, I, think, I think that's a good point. <clears throat> um, I, you know, people play – people, especially NFL players, <laughs> people in real life do this too. Um, you know, tend to play up to, um, you know, let's, let's say really crucial moments, right. And things mm-hmm. that they really want. And I, I think that's, it's, that's something that's going to stick in his head. He's going to come ready to play Stefan Diggs. And, um, you know, I, th- I think this is the first time in a while where a team that met in the AFC championship game or a championship game like that the year before meet in a, in a, in the divisional round next year. Oh yeah, there. there I don't know what no, the stat is off the top of my head, but yes. yeah, there was no, there was no guarantee that these two teams would face each other again in the postseason just one year later. But that is what we get, and uh, it, it's it's high drama, and I love it. That's <laughs> why you know the NFL playoffs right next to the NHL playoffs are some of the best high drama, you know, uh, reality TV you could possibly watch, you know, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> anywhere, right? And so, um, yeah, you guys geared up for this game. It's going to be interesting. It's definitely the game of the week. No question. Um, you know, I think we watched last year. You know, you're going to say, well, you know, Buffalo got their, their butts beat. Uh, that's true. Kansas City was a different team last year. I, I, I think they've kind of <laughs> slowed down a little bit in terms of their, their offensive uh, capabilities. And uh, new kid on the block, possibly. Possibly. We'll see. We'll see with yeah. Josh Allen. So, so uh, another thing that I'm starting to notice looking at, at the remaining uh, teams here, you know, we've got eight teams left. Of those teams, I, I would say six of these quarterbacks are really, really special quarterbacks. Um, and you basically have three, in my opinion, definitely three future Hall of Famer quarterbacks in the NFC that are all, you know, more than 10 years in the league, Tom Brady's case more than two decades. Yeah, seriously. And then in the, in the yeah, in the AFC, <laughs> you've got three really good young quarterbacks. Um so, you know, just just looking ahead to the Super Bowl already, it's going to be really interesting to see which uh, you know, which young quarterback is going to be playing against which future Hall of Famer assuming that we don't get a 49ers Titans uh, Super Bowl because you guys know which two quarterbacks I'm not talking about. <laughs> uh, Dan Marino, <laughs> okay, that, those ones, right? Well, 
it's um it's gonna be a great weekend, man. I can't wait to watch some football. I tell you, um, boy, boy, the stakes keep keep getting higher, and uh, you know that the yeah yeah it's just gonna get intense. I don't I have nothing else to say. I'm just so excited to to watch, especially this Buffalo Kansas City game. I think it's like I said, it, it's definitely the game of the of the week. And you look at L.A. and Tampa Bay, boy, Sunday is gonna be <laughs> loaded. If you don't if yeah. you don't park your ass on the couch and stay there for a long period of time. You're not allowed to listen to this football podcast anymore. I'm so That's sorry. That's right. That's You've right. Don't don't be a jabroni. Get yeah. yourself prepared right now. How are you going to stream NBC? How are you going to stream CBS? <laughs> right, Figure right. it out now. Where are you going to get the food from? You know, That's like, right. how many times is your wife going to check on you? Make sure you're still alive. <laughs> you know, I mean, just start planning this stuff now. I mean, we yeah, it's it's going to get awesome. Make sure you take Monday off. You know, so um, okay, well. <laughs> that that is the weekend of the NFL playoffs, sir. Do you have anything else to say? No, I think I think we covered just about all of it. Okay. Well, as always, I'm uh, I'm Rob. Uh, he's Trevor. Uh, we can find us uh, at Football in General uh, podcast on Instagram. I'm at Bobby Law on Instagram. He's at Trev Geodude on Instagram. Please give us a like, follow, subscribe, and everything else on any podcast form you listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google. I don't know where else we are. Probably somewhere in the Russian Federation, whatever they call it over there. <laughs> and any potato you may put your, to your ear. So um, <laughs> give us a listen and uh, and all those sorts of things. And and follow, like I said, the Instagram, really funny. Uh, I make some great memes, post them on there. If you got any questions, feel free to message us directly. Otherwise, pretty, pretty, pretty good stuff. <laughs> pretty, pretty good. Otherwise, we're out. <laughs>